Get ready to get blitzed on the Blitz Podcast at thehuddle.com with your host, Steve Gallo and Harley Schultz. Welcome back for another episode of the Blitz Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Gallo, as always, joined by my trusty sidekick, partner in crime, all that dastardly duo stuff, Harley Schultz. Harley, how's it going, my man? Well, uh, first week is not quite fully in the books as we record this. There's two games going tonight, but uh, needless to say, it's already been a fairly hectic first week of the season with lots of, uh, lots of interesting results. And I think I'm sure we'll talk about those today and uh, just a little bit of uh, of excitement going as it looks like right now I'm watching the Detroit Lions and the New York Jets play and Sam Darnold's first pass attempt uh, in his career was a pick six. So maybe he's trying to garner the best pick six in New York quarterbacks because, you know, Eli Manning is historically known for throwing pick sixes. And there's another first oh, did well wait a minute did he go for, yeah first overall Jameis Winston went first overall correct yes well Donald didn't go first overall but they traded up for him the very high for he threw a pick six and <coughs> pick six in his first pass as a pro too and as we're watching this right now it, Matthew Stafford just kind of went down a little bit and he's kind of gingerly holding his knee so don't say that we, we yeah we're, we're looking at quarterbacks uh with knee issues and uh guys like uh, Aaron Rodgers uh making arguably the greatest comeback in the history of football yesterday yeah quite possibly i think i'm not very happy about that because i was the only um <coughs> huddle employee that actually picked the bears to win that game outright i thought you were pretty safe on that for the first half yeah. as soon as as soon as Nagy kicked the field goal i knew that they were done i kid you not Yes, at the first first half, I was still a little worried. You don't know what's going to happen. Rodgers goes out. Okay, feel a little bit, maybe, but no. Once he was back and they kicked that field goal, there's that was just made absolutely zero sense to me. Basically, what you say is, okay, we're going to do just enough so you have to beat us now. Because <coughs> if you go for it on fourth and one, you don't make it. Green Bay then likely can play. They're going to try and get a touchdown, but they'll at least be safe knowing that they can play for a field goal to tie the game, right? So they're not forced yep. to try for the touchdown. Once you go up by six, they're forced to go for the touchdown. No other options. So it's win or lose, right? You don't give yourself a hedge at all. Go for it on fourth down. You don't make it. Like I said, that's your option. So there's a chance they're going <coughs> to tie you. But you make it. The game's sealed. It's basically over. So Nagy, chalk it up to, I guess, rookie head coach experience. He'll learn from it, hopefully. I think the Bears are for real. I, I still think that they'll fight for a wild card spot and won't be shocked if they have one like I projected they would. And other than that, you know, the first week is, we should really just rename it like the week between week one and week two, overreaction, um, the overreaction bridge time or something like that. Maybe we can name it like certain college coaches are now and call it week zero. Okay, there you go. Well, I'll tell you what, I can't wait to hear what you have to say in the news. So I'm going to just go ahead and shoot it right on over to my man Harley Schultz for this week's <coughs> BPN News. Thank you, Steve. Le'Veon Bell held himself out this weekend 
to express his disapproval of being tendered a franchise tag once again. The Steelers started second-year back James Conner to fill in for Bell, and Conner finished with 192 scrimmage yards and two touchdowns. Following the game, our correspondents asked Mike Tomlin if he had any idea if Le'Veon would report this week. Tomlin's response, Levy who? <laughs> Deshaun Jackson lit up the New Orleans Saints for 146 yards and two scores prior to exiting in the fourth quarter with a concussion. It was originally assumed that Jackson sustained the injury during the course of the game, but we later determined that he had actually gotten hurt on the sidelines while celebrating when he attempted to headbutt Ryan Fitzpatrick's beard. <laughs> Consensus first-round running backs Ezekiel Elliott, David Johnson, and Saquon Barkley saved their otherwise pathetic days with late touchdowns, while fellow first-rounder Kareem Hunt struggled to get going, and another first-rounder, Leonard Fournette, exited early with an injury. Not to mention that early-season drafters also watched first-round pick Le'Veon Bell choose to sit out. In related news, the BPN News team has begun its planning for next year's preseason episodes, in which we will stress zero running back. <laughs> Miami and Tennessee played the longest game since the league merger, as multiple storms caused delays throughout the day. The game finally ended after 7 hours and 10 minutes. The reported attendance at the completion of the game was only 35 people, which was actually two more than the number who were there when the game started. <laughs> and finally, the Cleveland Browns did not lose a game for the first time since 2016. This has been your BPN News Update. Man, that's harsh, 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 harsh. Um, the storm in Miami was just absolutely insane. That game started with the 1 o'clock set. I wasn't sure if it was going to be finished before the Monday night games tonight. And it did. It finished after all the late games also, except for the 8 o'clock game. There was a chance it might have surpassed that. That was crazy. And I wonder what type of, you know, I wonder how you have to worry about the players from a cramping and, and you know, you get loose and you get you got to warm back up and stuff like that. I just, that's crazy. Well, yeah, you don't know. I mean, players can get tight. They can, they can possibly, like, get uncomfortable, like, get get a little discomfort and whatnot. Uh, maybe you have to go to the bathroom or come out. And then you said cramping. Uh, players get a little lazy when they come back out. They maybe not want to play as hard. Ground might be wet. You might slip and fall. You might get hurt. And obviously there were a couple of major injuries in that contest that we'll talk about a little bit later here. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it just, I, I thought it might impact a guy like, say, Frank Gore more, where being old, you want your, your muscles get cold, you, you're more apt for an injury, but they gave him the ball. So I don't know. Um, and, you know, speaking of storms, I can't help but say, I'm not sure what's going to happen with next week's episode because I'm here in the cone of misery, I'll call it, um, where we're not sure if Florence is going to hit us, but we're probably going to get at least 10 plus inches of rain. So we could be without power and we'll have to figure something out for next week. So, but Hey, I learned something a long time ago when they say, get out, get out. Yeah. You don't, you don't want to mess around with uh, hurricanes or fires or volcanoes. So if you happen to live in a area where those things are prevalent, 
be prepared. And you know what? It, in the case of the Miami thing or all the weather terrorism prior to the Cleveland-Pittsburgh game, you, you know what? It's just a game. Remember that because yep. it's not worth it to risk your life and the life and well-being of your family to try to get to a game that may or may not be playable in, in certain conditions. And you don't want to ruin the experience by having something negative happen to you or your family. Nope, not at all. I mean, I just tweeted a little <clears throat> bit ago before we started recording where I lived in 2003 when Isabel hit the Outer Banks and I was in Duck, North Carolina. Where I was from my deck, I could see the sound, or as some people call it, the bay, and then I could hear the ocean. And when you look at that picture, you'll understand why. Um, and we weren't, I don't even think we were on a mandatory evacuation, but I got out. You know, it was my first year there. I got out. I won no parts of it. Unbelievably, never lost power, and it didn't flood where I lived. But if I was there or I was anywhere where they say, get out, I'm getting out. It's just not worth the risk. So I guess when we talk risk, we can use that to roll into some of these injuries that happened and talk about how risky it is going to be to play them, roster them, or pick up their replacements going forward. So where do you want to start? Well, let's see. We're talking about that game in particular, so let's talk about the two big injuries from that game. That is uh, Marcus Mariota and Delaney Walker. Yes. Um, Mariota, they're calling it a elbow or something, but it really looked like a hand injury to me. Quarterback's deep enough <clears throat> that I'm not really worried about. If you own him, just go get somebody else. So no interest in picking up Blaine Gabbard? Um, not even in a 32-team league. Oh, come on. How about Superflex? Okay, no. Maybe. No. <laughs> Didn't you have a couple of good games last year filling in for someone? Um, maybe. Just There's just too many other options out there. Just no. Uh, well, here's a question. Would you play Blaine Gabbert first or Nathan Peterman again? Is the third option – never mind, I won't say that. That'll sound insensitive. <laughs> um, no. <laughs> I will take a zero because I don't want to risk negative points. How's that? That, that's the best answer there. And uh, Actually, no, the answer I, is... I, I feel I feel for Nathan Peterman, don't you? No, I do not, because he's getting a damn good paycheck um, compared to the average man. I'm going to tell you, the answer is, if you have to ask, come on. That's the answer. Uh, so then there's also Delaney Walker, who, from all accounts, it sounds like he is probably done for the year. Okay, so I want to preface this with this first by saying, sorry to hear that he got hurt, okay? I'm not happy about that. It, it truly it stinks. But from a fantasy perspective, I think it might be a blessing in disguise for people because, as you know, we talked almost all preseason about how we were worried about that toe. So Jonu Smith might be a nice little sly pickup if you were thin at tight end and need to replace Walker. Yeah, and they actually drafted Smith a couple of years ago to be the heir apparent to Delaney Walker. And for whatever reason, Walker didn't go away quietly. He actually looked fairly decent last year, uh, playing most of the games for the first time in a long time for them. And now, I mean, they gave him a big contract this offseason to stick around, which kind of confused the heck out of me because I thought for sure that he was planning on retiring either this year or next year. Maybe this uh, injury will expedite the retirement process for Walker. We'll see how quickly he can come back, if at all. Yep. Okay. Where do you want to move to next? Well, uh, 
done in that same area of town we talked about in the news a little bit, Deshaun Jackson sustained a concussion uh, late in the game after blowing up pretty much. Uh, is is he for real, or was that just the byproduct of Ryan Fitzpatrick going I mean, ape guano crazy? He had a good game. I mean, we could say that he is – um, let's see who. What's the guy's name? I can. I never remember it. Um, wrote a damn article about him. He could be a one week wonder. We know it. Jackson. Fritzman Jackson. Fritzman. Yes, Fritzman. Fritzman Jackson. Jackson, right? Whatever. Fritzman. Um, if people don't know who he is, just go search his name. Jackson's been good in the past, so maybe that's what's going to make people happy about what happened. Here's the thing. He was already beat out for the second wide receiver spot, so he's, he's, he's a sub. He's a third wide receiver. You're not going to get consistent production from him. When he's healthy and he gets back in the lineup, if you need him as a four or you know, if you have multiple flex positions or you're in you know, super flex league, yes, he'll have some sporadic value. But other than that, it doesn't really move the needle much for me. You know, I pretty much agree with everything you just said there. Uh, Chris Godwin, I think, is still the guy to own there. Deshaun might have a couple days where you might be able to flex him in possibly use him as a wide receiver three in DFS going forward. Again, he's kind of that high-risk, high-reward type play. But uh, in in general, uh, I'm not jumping the gun. I'm certainly not investing a lot of free agent bucks in Jackson based on that one game. But perhaps another wide receiver might be a factor, and we really don't know the injury status of Marquise Goodwin yet. Day-to-day is what I'm hearing, so... He's a speedster, so you always have to be concerned when you hear, you know, that there's a leg injury of some sort or a soft tissue injury. So I think that he was drafted as a wide receiver two or three for most people, right? Yeah, I would say at least a wide receiver three. I think some people probably put him out there as a wide receiver two uh, based on his end-of-season production with Jimmy Garoppolo last year. Yeah, and definitely he shouldn't have been in week one facing the Vikings. Um, but yeah, at this point... This is where you need the depth on your bench. I wouldn't get rid of him. I'd sit him back there, wait till you hear some good news, maybe even wait a week to see him on the field once he gets back. But this is where you got to go to the bench and, and use that depth that you have. But I'm not making any moves based on his injury at this point. Well, I think obviously it's going to mean more production for Pierre Garçon again, assuming he can stay on the field. And also, uh, I believe Trent Taylor caught a few passes there after Goodwin went out. Uh, but more importantly, I think the, the guy who's going to get the – the biggest bump from this is tight end George Kittle. Kittle, and honestly, I think that Breida is also. Mm-hmm. I really do. Um, I was actually happy with the production I saw from him against the Vikings yesterday. While not much, there was enough that I was happy with on the few plays that I did see of him where I feel good about him going forward still. Well, there's one wide receiver that we kind of were anti on this offseason, and uh, for good reason, I'd like to say. Uh, by the name of Doug Baldwin in Seattle. He sustained a MCL sprain, and I- I'm guessing we're not going to see very much of him in the near future, right? Well, yeah, sprain equals tear. It depends on the grade. They're not given any definitive <coughs> information. You don't drop a guy like Baldwin, though, um, unless you hear that he's going to be out for six, eight weeks. And even then, I probably would still try to stash him. But we did say... Stay away from that Seattle offense if at all possible. I do have a share of Baldwin, so it stings a little bit. Um, it's not the same knee or injury that we had concerns with in the preseason, though. So that I guess that's if you're going to try and find a silver lining, that's it. Well, and again, it's also the MCL, which is 
the one that's probably the easiest to return from quickly. Yeah. It's not ACL or PCL. So yeah, look at Aaron uh, Rodgers. I mean, I'm a little concerned there still. Again, we're we can, we're concerned about the offense in general coming into this year. So we're probably. I mean, you're not dropping Doug Baldwin, nope. but I think we're definitely going to see him limited, if not out, for the short term future. And what that'll probably mean is just more usage for. Tyler Lockett, making him a, a viable wide receiver three, I think, most weeks. Exactly, but I don't think that anybody that's going to step in for Baldwin is worth running out and rostering or spending any kind of free agent bucks on, honestly. But yes, you, Lockett should be in, be rostered in most leagues, and if that's the case, it does push him from that wide receiver four where you're hoping you might get some production to. You should be able to get some low-end wide receiver three with some upside. Okay, let's go from the wide receiver position back to the running back position. And obviously there was one, uh, actually two injuries at the running back position this week. One, uh, we don't need to talk about a whole lot. That's Jeremy Hill. He's done, done for the for year. The, yep. And uh, I don't think he was on a lot of rosters to begin with. The the more important one I would say is Leonard Fournette, who well, sustained a hamstring injury. But before we go to go to him, so do you think, when do you think New England signs Mike Gillisley after the Saints cut him for that fumble. Oh, that's right. Gillisley plays for the Saints, <laughs> not for Bill Belichick, so he's probably not going to get cut and go back there. All right, bada boom, bada Jonas bang. Gray? Yeah, there you go. Um, so, yeah, Fournette, I've heard, um, what is how do they put it, a mild hamstring injury. And this is one of the things you and I talked about before we hit record. You can use the word mild hamstring injury on a blocking tight end. A defensive lineman, interior defensive lineman, maybe even an offensive lineman. It's never going to be something that's optimum for any player to have a mild hamstring strain. But in my lexicon, the word mild and hamstring injury does not exist when it comes to skill position players like tight end, like wide receivers, rather, and running backs. So, yeah, I'm concerned. I'm absolutely well, concerned. Know, I, I'm not a doctor, but I do read a lot of MM, WebMD, so. That kind of makes me a doctor, right? Yep, absolutely. Uh, Especially yeah, if you know, a holiday in. I hear hamstring. Uh, I think that's kind of close to the groin, and my body hurts thinking about that. So, yeah. <laughs> Look, you're not going to dump him. You might have to sit him for a week or two. <laughs> He'll get back in. Actually, if your your hope should be that you can sustain while he's out, but you should hope he stays out and makes it till it's till it's ready. Because if he tries to push it, that's when you risk aggravating it and then it lingering all season long, and that is something you do not want. But while he's out, T.J. Yeldon, he's somebody that should have been rostered. He gets flex appeal now. Well, I, I was going to say, T.J. Yeldon should be on roster already, and somebody has him in your league. Do you feel that uh, this produces any additional opportunity for Corey Grant? Some, but only in deeper leagues would I really worry about that. Um but I mean, yeah, it has to because they're not going to get away completely from what their, you know, their um, their makeup is. So it, it turns Grant from a f- running back four or five to a three or four possibly, but it's still going to be very dependent on the luck that you get with the touches that he gets. I don't, I still don't see more than five to seven touches for him. Uh, we also lost another aging tight end to injury this week, and that was Greg Olson. He sustained a foot injury and. Uh, this might be the last time we see him for a while, too. Yeah, and we know what happened to that offense last year after he went out with a different foot injury. Same foot, but supposedly different injury. I don't know if I'm buying that. Um, you know, tight end was very heavy at the top end this year, and then it seemed like everybody was almost all the same. There wasn't much of a difference. 
Um, but in Tennessee, you know, we talked about Joe Smith. In Carolina, is there anybody in your mind that's worth taking a look or a gamble on? Well, they uh, brought in uh, another guy to finish the game. I wrote his name down, and now I can't seem to remember it for some reason, so he must have not done very much for me. Um, was it, I think, a fourth-round rookie, possibly? Yes, that's correct. Yeah, his name's escaping me, too, for some stupid reason. I don't know why. I can't remember it. Um, give me a second. That tells you how much I feel he's going to be involved in the offense going forward. Yeah, I think it, this is a plus for Christian McCaffrey, if anything. <clears throat> Christian McCaffrey and also... I think Devin Funchess becomes much more valuable now because what we've seen so far is that Cam Newton likes throwing to tall objects near the red zone. Well, Devin Funchess is a pretty tall guy. Yeah. So, and the tight end, by the way, his name is, I believe it's, let me see here, just let me make sure, Ian Thomas. Thank you. That's it. Yeah, I actually was starting uh, an article on guys to pick up this week and he was at the bottom of my list. Yeah. He's no Will Disley. <clears throat> Disley. <laughs> oh, don't even get me started on that. How many lineups did I have Nick Vanetta in that needed yeah. one catch for 11 yards? Uh. <laughs> okay. So what else we got on the injury front? Uh, there's one last injury to talk about. And uh, I think our boss at the huddle summed it up really well as, never mind. And that's Aaron Rodgers. So, yeah, I mean, you never know until you know. So last night, I tweet out something along the lines of, never want to see anybody get hurt. Um, hopefully it's just precautionary with regards to Aaron Rodgers. And our old um, running mate, Jake Richmond, <coughs> tweets back at me, don't know, or something, I'm going to paraphrase him, don't know. He looked pretty dejected. I think it's a foregone conclusion. It's bad, right? My response to Jake was, I'm always going to be an internal optimist until I have to be a realist. I won that exchange. Who knows what he has in his blood? Maybe he went and hung out with Adrian Peterson, get some of the same platelet stuff that he, I don't know, but that's just crazy. Some of the uh, tiger blood from, uh, (laughs) yeah, it's just, it truly is just crazy that he did what he did on basically one leg. Well, you know what? Uh, he was facing a very tough test in the Chicago Bear defense last week. And guess what? He's going to be facing an even tougher test this week with the Minnesota Viking defense. That is true. And, you know, he could have been shot up with something to help ease the pain. The question isn't how he looked last night. It's how he responds coming off of the, you know, the swelling and all that kind of stuff that's going to hit him. So I would – Honestly, you don't ever want to – That's look, this is why you don't take quarterbacks early because you kind of feel like if you wasted that kind of draft capital on Aaron Rodgers, you want to play him if he's active. I wouldn't want to play him against Minnesota anyway. I definitely don't want to play him on Minnesota with a bum leg. So maybe he actually helped you out where now it's easier to sit him because of the injury. Exactly. But, again, if you drafted Rodgers, you'd probably draft him around three, maybe early round four at the latest and uh, – now he's going to be sitting on your bench next week. and uh, Likely the week after. You're, just, you're, you're hoping that he doesn't get hurt again. I mean, obviously, yeah. the Vikings are gonna, the Vikings are well aware that he's a limited man right now. So you've got Daniel Hunter. Uh, you've got the two big guys inside, Linval Joseph and Sheldon Richardson. Uh, Aaron, Aaron Barr. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Anthony Barr, obviously, uh, caused the injury to his collarbone last year. Uh, Mike Zimmer is going to be pushing and pressing the entire game to try to get in there. And realistically, as, as good 
as the Green Bay line performed in the second half yesterday, giving Rodgers time to uh, get off some quick passes. Uh, those guys are going to have a hard time competing with the depth that the Vikings bring on the defensive line and in the linebacker core. Yeah, there's no question that the Vikings are a tough defense. And you don't want to go against them with somebody of Aaron Rodgers' capacity when he's not at full capacity. So, um, But I think this is a good segue because where you have to make that decision, do you play him or not play him in redraft leagues? In DFS, let's give them our pays, plays, and stayaways and all that kind of stuff. But I'll tell you what, how about we start with who are you staying away from? Because I'm staying away from Aaron Rodgers. We're one for one then today. Yeah, No reason to pay up 6800 on DraftKings, 8700 on FanDuel. You know what? It was amazing what he did against Chicago coming back out there. But you know what? This defense that the Vikings brings out there, uh, they don't have a Khalil Mack who got tired after basically eight plays. Uh, what they do have, however, is depth beyond belief on that defensive line. And it, they're just going to keep cycling guys in there, and they're going to be all over Rodgers all game. Brian Balaga still not 100%. Uh, this is going to be a long day for Rodgers if he was healthy, even longer with uh, the cornerbacks healthy now, uh, Xavier Rhodes, Trey Waynes. It, it, Mike Hughes, uh, the slot cornerback, the rookie, uh, got a pick six in his first game yet, yesterday. So not a whole lot of options. I think that Rodgers still probably throws for two touchdowns because he always seems to do that against the Vikings. But I, at basically the second highest price on both sides, I don't, I don't want it. Well, let me tell you this. Had he not even gotten injured, I would have been fading him against the Vikings. Yeah. Injury just makes it easy to make that decision. So, But who are you going to pay up for? Let's we'll pay up for Big Ben. We're two for two. Uh, 6900 on DraftKings, 7600 on FanDuel. Big Ben is back at home and out of the hurricane in Cleveland. Uh, you know, over the last four seasons, Ben has 27 home starts. Over those 27 home starts, he has been averaging 333 passing yards per game with just under three touchdowns per game and only .8 interceptions per game during that span. You know, Casey, they just got slaughtered by Phillip Rivers. This is going to be ugly for them once again this week. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Ben tops 400 yards. I'm right there with you. There's nothing more for me to say. I figured we were going to start out two for two. I think there's a chance we could go three for three. I was torn between an A and a B, but I'm going to go with somebody that had a really god-awful week one. I'm going with Tyrod Taylor as my value play. I considered Tyrod Taylor, but we did not go three for three. Ah. <clears throat> You're going to notice a trend uh, in my value plays going forward here. Uh, I'm going to take Alex Smith versus Indianapolis. He's listed at 6000 on DraftKings, 7100 on FanDuel. So he's a little bit below the higher price guys, but he's not a true value. But then again, all of the quarterback prices are slightly bumped up this yeah. week. I think coming off of the fact that there was so much like just a lot of points last week from the chalk. Uh, Smith proves surgical in the first half of uh, Sunday's game against Arizona. You know what? And, and all that was despite not having his best asset, Jamison Crowder, on the field the entire time. Uh, Indianapolis proved that their secondary was who we thought they were, and they allowed Andy Dalton to completely pick them apart. Smith is a much better quarterback than Dalton, so 
Look at Dalton's line and expect no less than that here. Yeah, I like that pick, honestly. And that's something I noticed with the quarterbacks. To me, there really wasn't a value play because their their prices are all stacked up so tight. Um, there is, I'll tell you who my B play was. And I think this would make for a nice contrarian play because I think people are going to be off of him after week one. I think that they might expect Tyrod to bounce back. No, his legs helps out a little bit. But Matt Ryan is somebody that he's at home. It's a good matchup. He's cheaper. He's under $6,000. It's a divisional game. Carolina should have a tough defense, but I just I, I think there's a good bounce back there. Well, one guy I didn't consider because we really hadn't seen him yet, having a pretty good night so far tonight, and that's Sam Darnold. 5,100 yeah. and uh, They're going to be at home facing Miami. That might be an interesting uh, alternating play again at a cheaper price. Can you start his DFS scoring after his first throw? Yes. Okay. Um, let's move to – let's run on over to, to running back. Who, who are you paying up for at running back? I think this is an easy one. It's got to be Todd Gurley versus Arizona. There you go. 9,200 on DraftKings, 8,900 on FanDuel. Arizona just got lit up by Adrian Peterson and Chris Thompson. This week, they face one back who has the best qualities of both of those two backs in one player. Peterson and Thompson combined for 294 total yards and two scores. If Gurley gets half of that, he may be the top scorer in DFS this week. So did you give any thought? And I, I'm with you on Gurley. We're, we're, we're three, for, three out of four there. Um, did you give any thought to Alvin Kamara? No. I didn't either. And, and I know people probably think that's a little bit odd considering James Connors had, Connor had a great <clears throat> stat line against Cleveland. I know that Cleveland's on the road after a disappointing non-win, um, but I just think that that defense is a little more formidable, and I think that Gurley's a slightly safer pay-up than Kamara is this week. Yeah, I think Kamara is the top-priced player there. And uh, Kamara actually received, I think it was eight more touches, not eight more eight more snaps than he'd ever had in a game before. So there might be a question about if he's a little tired after this week's game. Perhaps they uh, give the alternate guys uh, a little more time next week to kind of save a little wear and tear on Kamara's body. Yeah, as long as Gillespie doesn't fumble. and then, Oh, he'll fumble, yeah, and then he'll true. get in the doghouse. Yeah, okay. So who are you staying away from? I bet we're on the same part here, too. I'm staying away from David Johnson. Yes, we are. We're, we're right in. Uh, now, our listeners might not know this, but we don't talk about these beforehand. Nope. So it's just kind of a all mental telepathy, uh, astral projection type of thing. Uh, David Johnson, 8,200 on DraftKings, 8,400 on FanDuel. Uh, we're right to worry about this offense. The Cardinals couldn't get anything going against a subpar Washington defense. <laughs> That's to say, yeah, you're, you're putting it mildly there. This week he gets to face a Los Angeles Rams defense that is absolutely stacked and loaded up front. On the road. On the road. In four career games versus the Rams, Johnson has averaged only 92 total yards per game and only three receptions per game. So, you know, you get get the value out of him because he catches passes. He only gets three passes a game against the the Rams in his career. It's not going to be any easier this time because the Rams defense this year is light years better than it's been the last few years. Yep. No, I, and I put a little note next to him. He was clearly my not to pay up, but I put AK for Kamara just so that I remember to talk about him. That's that's how much I don't like him against that Cleveland defense this week. Even though I know I probably sh- it shouldn't bother me as much as it does, but he was close to being a non pay up for me. Um, 
value play, I'm probably higher <clears throat> than you are. But I, I like what I saw from Matt Breida, and I think that a lot of people aren't going to be on him this week, and I think he makes a solid um, play to get him in in a flex spot in DFS. Well, I said that you'd notice a trend with Matt Value plays this week, and uh, I'm also going against Indianapolis once again with Adrian Peterson. 5,500 on DraftKings, 6,700 on FanDuel. Now, I also have no problem with you going with Chris Thompson in this role. Uh, we knew Indianapolis's defense was going to be bad. Yep. We just didn't know how bad they were going to be. Week one, they allowed Joe Mixon to total 149 yards and score. You know, meanwhile, yeah, Adrian Peterson, he found the fountain of youth in a revenge game against Arizona. Now, AP isn't going to have 70 yards receiving each week, no. probably ever again. But you know what? He's going to top 100 yards again, and I, I would be really surprised if he doesn't score in this game. I'm with you. I think the AP is definitely a solid play. Um, let's throw it on over to wide receiver. I bet we. I guarantee you we're on the same spot with who we're paying up for. Well, I'm paying up for Big Ben, so I'm going to pay up for his number one receiver, Antonio Brown. Stack them up. I'm with Again, you. Again, going against the Kansas State Chiefs. The Chiefs allowed Keenan Allen to post a huge stat line. And you know what? If the Chargers' other receivers could catch the goddamn ball, yep. Philip Rivers would have topped 500 yards passing with at least five touchdowns. They had at least two or three touchdowns that they just dropped. Wide open passes. You know, Juju will be active in this game as well. He's going to get his stats. But we know that Ben butters Brown's bread first, so Brown's huge game here coming up. I agree. I think that we see AB's going to eat this week. Um, and it's all about location, what happened last week. They're going to want to make a statement. Yes. Um, the only thing, and I don't think it's going to matter, but I don't think the storm's going to affect Pittsburgh. <clears throat> Not by Sunday. We should be okay. Um, who are you staying away from? I, I had a little trouble with who I was going to stay away from. I almost... One to stay away from Michael Thomas, but I just can't do that. Um, so I'm staying away from Mike Evans at home against Philadelphia. I, I, I tend to agree with that play. Now, my pick is going to – it probably is going to surprise you a little bit. Okay. I'm going to stay away from Keenan Allen at Buffalo. Um, no, yes and no. Yes and no, little. DFS-wise, yes, I get it. Here's my reasoning. I, mean, I like Allen a lot. I, I love Allen from a season-long standpoint. And Buffalo, is, they're just mediocre against the pass. They're, they're not great. They're not good. Uh, but this game will be over at halftime. Exactly. Yep. And we're going to see a lot of both the Williamses and Travis Benjamin having balls go through their hands thrown from Geno Smith in the second half. You, we're probably going to see a lot of Austin Eckler running the ball and carrying the ball. He, he actually makes a great value play from running back this week as well because he's going to be on the field for the entire second half of this game. Yep, I don't disagree with you at all. That is, that's where you have to look at game theory and game play and game script that you expect. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I don't have a problem with that at all. Value-wise, I'm kind of – I'm going to go to a place I don't think people will go to, but I'm going to Mike Williams. He's going to play a lot in that second half of that game. <laughs> he, he should. Um, and he didn't have a bad stat line in week no. one. Um, and he's got plenty of upside because of the red zone. So I, I think it's it's not the safest play in the world, but I think the upside's there. When we're talking value play at wide receiver, we're talking about the guy you're going to put in as your wide receiver three typically. Yep. You're not looking for a value play to plug in as your number one wide receiver in, in a daily fantasy game, and particularly not in a 
in a cash game. If you're playing in a tournament, you might get a little bit more variance going. But no, he, I think he's a great play as a wide receiver three, particularly at his price tag. I almost considered him. Yeah. But again, I'm kind of keep my trend going here about picking on Indianapolis. Yeah. I'm going to take Jamison Crowder. Okay. Uh, Crowder had only four targets, but that had more to do, like we're talking about, with game script. And also because he missed some time in, in the first week uh, prior to the game. So he may have not been fully integrated into the offense yet this year. But you know what? This week, Indianapolis has so many holes in the middle of their secondary. Crowder just makes like an easy, easy choice to put in at wide receiver two this week at 4900 on DraftKings, 6000 on FanDuel. His price tag is deflated a little bit because of the poor showing in the first week. I think he's going to do just fine this week. Even Josh Doxson, if you want to go cheaper at 4000 and 5700 it's not a bad option. How about tight end? Man, I'll tell you, I don't want to talk tight end. I, I looked at the tight end lineup. I hated it. I, truly, <laughs> I do. I really did. I could not find somebody I truly felt good about paying up for. I know you should say, oh, you could pay up for Gronk. No, I don't like this on the road. Um, okay, Zach Ertz, he's got a bit. I don't know. I, I, don't, I wasn't, you know what I mean? Yes, Alshon's out again, and, but I just don't feel good about it. I'm going to pay up for Kelsey just because I think they're going to have to air it out. And he was so underused in week one. I think he has to get a little bit of massaged love from the coaching staff and Patrick Mahomes this week that I think he makes a safer play. Well, and this is how crazy the tight end rankings are this week. You're paying up for Travis Kelsey. I'm staying away from Travis Kelsey. This See, week. that's what I mean. I don't, I don't, and I don't, I can't fault you for that. That's why I said I hated tight end. I didn't even want to talk about it. So here's my stats on Travis Kelsey here. He was totally not on the same page with Pat Mahomes last week. Uh, Pittsburgh has allowed only two tight end scores since the start of last year. And in four career regular season meetings, Kelsey has only one game with more than 37 receiving yards against Pittsburgh. That was also the only game of four that he scored against them. So you know what? I, I want to love Kelsey. That offense looked pretty darn electric last week. But I have to see him m- meld more with uh, with Pat Mahomes, and and Mahomes throws a fastball. I mean, his dad threw a fastball when he was a pitcher with the Twins. Uh, the son throws a fastball with the court with the uh, football. football, and I mean there were a couple guys who dropped the ball just because he was thrown too hard to him. Uh, maybe Kelsey has to strengthen his hands up a little bit. Uh, got a little soft doing the uh, dating game show or whatever this off season. <laughs> okay, so. Continue. So I bet you want to know who I'm paying up for, though. Yes. I'm going to pay up for Jordan Reed versus Indianapolis. I knew that was coming. <laughs> uh, Reed is healthy. He's clicking with Alex Smith. And Indianapolis sucks. They just allowed five catches and 57 yards to Cincinnati's tight ends. And last year, they allowed 50 or more yards and or a touchdown to 11 different teams to the tight end groupings. You know what? Play Reed as long as he's healthy. His price tag isn't Gronk high, but it's it's starting to climb a little bit. Uh, if it, you have to pay up for someone, he's my choice. See, that's that's where my dilemma came in. He's $5,000. To me, that's not paying up. But you can't just go based off of the top four, which one of those is Greg Olson. He's not playing. So then it means, okay, you're paying up for Kelsey Ertz or Gronkowski. Um, I'm not paying up for Gronkowski. He's who I'm staying away from. I just – I'm sorry. Not for when you can go and get Eric Ebron, 
um, you know, Austin Safarian, Jenkins, just a bunch of guys for half the price and possibly better production. I know that he's healthy, but I just can't play Gronk this week. Not on the road in Jacksonville. Who is your value play at tight end this week? <sighs> My value play impacted who I paid up for. My value play is somebody that I know no one is going to have in their lineup, but Dallas Goddard is who I like as a value play this week against Tampa Bay with Alshon out. I think that we, we, we saw what almost was a beautiful touchdown, and he didn't make the most of his opportunities in week one. I think we see him cash in in week two. Well, I'm going to go with the guy we talked a little bit about earlier, and that's George Kittle versus Detroit. Uh, Marquise Goodwin went down with the injury. Jeremy Garoppolo turned to his tight end and actually had a fairly good rapport with that tight end over the second half of the game versus Minnesota. Only six teams allowed more tight end touchdowns than Detroit last year, including six scores allowed over their final seven games. Now, they're facing New York right now, and New York hasn't had a tight end since... Oh, God, I don't remember the last time they had a tight end. Kellen Winslow Jr.? Yeah. And honestly, if you said to me, who's your favorite play based on salary alone? It'd probably be Kittle, basically, if you looked at it, with what the opportunity and upside is versus the risk that everybody above him and below him has. Um, that's why I went with Goddard, because he's under 3,000. I actually thought about Antonio Gates, but I think I want to give him another week to get his sea legs under him. Well, and realistically, again, if we talk about game script, Gates won't be playing the second half of that game. Maybe Virgil Green is your pick. Yeah, that's true. Um, all right, so I think before we end this, and then let me see, I think we're probably a little bit long. We are just a little bit, but that's okay. I think that the thing for us to pound home the people is do not overreact. The sample size from week one is just that. It's a small one-week sample. I had someone on Twitter ask me if they should trade Alex Collins for a second-round pick <sighs> in next year's draft. Why? <laughs> Why? Why? Exactly. Why? Why did you draft him where you drafted him, right? Let yep. me ask that question. And answer it. Why did you draft him where you drafted him? Because of what you expect the game script to be in Baltimore based off of what you saw last year, right? Nothing's yep. changed. And if anything actually is better for him, Kenneth Dixon got hurt. Yes. So, no, I'm not trading Alex, Alex Collins. I'm actually trying to trade for him, for those exactly. people that are overreacting. So that is a perfect example of it. Remember, any any thoughts on when Bell's coming back? Um, I, I no, I, just it's a guessing game. Uh, week ten, he'll come back as late as he possibly can. He needs to if he wants to be a free agent. Week ten is the the season the season defining week for him. If he does not come back by then, then he'll still be under contract next year. Right. So I'm almost shocked that he honestly didn't report and tweak a hammy in practice. <laughs> Just, I mean, because it's subjective, right? Look for an injury settlement? No, just look for an injury to not play. Yeah, just stay out. No, I tried it. Trying to go again, can't go. And just get a, get his game check is $885,000 every week. I'm just surprised he didn't go that route. Um, that's a sour situation. I wouldn't expect him before. He absolutely has to be there. So Because it's all about him at this point. Well, I think if he was to have done that, I think that it would be fairly obvious, and that might uh, turn the fans against him to some degree. I think right They're now, already against him. 
there's a fair amount of fans that are still in his back pocket. But I think the the longer this dispute goes on, obviously, and the more people are going to turn against him. But it doesn't matter because you know who's going to turn for him will be whatever team he signs with next year. Those fans, they will put it all. Maybe they will put it all in the past, and they will be his fans, and he will move forward and do what he does. That's it. I don't know what else you want me to say. How about we wrap this show up? Well, then I guess what I should tell people is if they want to follow you on Twitter, they can follow you at Nuclear Harley. They can follow me at Steve Gallo NFL. And if they haven't done so already, you need to get over to the huddle, subscribe, pay up, pull a little bit of money, change out of your pocket, and get some great tools to help you win this season. And until next week, and like always, get blessed responsibly. Cheers. Cheers.